special is brought to you by California Grill in Freedom, Los Animas Concrete, and Reverse Mandan. If you're a homeowner, 62 plus, you're likely to have money in hand. Look, learn how much money you can get in hand right now without having to make a monthly mortgage payment by contacting Reverse Mandan at 831-423-2900 or reversemandan.com. That's 831-423-2900 or reversemandan.com. It's your money. And now, here is MZ. Did I hear you say in the news, uh, not in the news, but out, outside of the traffic report, that there was a large vial of insulin that fell off a truck? Did I hear you say that? No, not vial, n- roll. Oh, a roll. Of, large of, roll of insulin. Yeah, in uh, on Highway 1 northbound. A roll of insulin? Uh, you not insulin. Oh, my God. Insulation. Oh, Insulation. Yeah, I, I didn't say insulin, did I? I, I don't know. I, that's what I thought I heard. I thought you said a large vial of insulin fell No, I said and roll of insulation. it would have to be pretty large to even be noticeable. Large roll of insulation. Boy, now you're now you're messing me up over here. No, it's a large roll of insulation. Okay, all right. Fell yes. off someone's vehicle. As long as someone is not having to go without his or her insulin. Well, if no. somebody wants some free insulation, go get it. Because it costs about 50 bucks a roll. And you and you would know. I would you know. Would know. $50 a roll for insulation? Uh, Are you kidding? Or, yeah. Oh, my and goodness. more for insulin. <laughs> All right, that's enough now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now that that other voice belongs to none other than the, not a, the Alex Darnell. Oh yes. Whom you are used to hearing Mondays from two to four on your favorite radio station. Kay's whirling. My mom is here is here today. She's here just about every Saturday. If you want to come and say hey to her, she'll say hey to you back. And if you want to. Get one of her books. You can do that. Um, Dave Michaels is supposed to be here for another bang-up sale here for Longevity Products. And guess what's going to happen tomorrow? What's that? Something new will be added. The Santa Cruz Flea Market. Really? Really? I, and probably Dave, no, it won't be Dave because Dave is going to be busy here. Uh, at the longevity sale, but later today I will take the KSCO van and get it fully equipped for a remote, uh, you know, so that it could be we can do remotes from from the flea market and all those characters down there, right? You know, do you think we're going to sell a lot of longevity products or none at the fair at the um, at the flea market? It depends on the weekend, I think. You know, well, it'll I think be this I think weekend, it's tomorrow. It's Labor Day weekend. Now, see that that no. you have a home court advantage with that one because you're going to get a lot of out of towners here. You never know where they're going to be from. Oh, if yeah. you promote it, it'll happen. Well, what That's do you think right. I'm doing now? I don't know. What are you doing? I'm promoting. <laughs> oh, okay. Just <laughs> yeah. want to be sure. Now I got it. So, all right. So that's what's happening. Now we are going to have a a, a very very interesting show today. But and and our other guest, our other guest, humble Brian the Great, is on his way. He is off the mountain. Off I, the mountain. I talked with him about five minutes ago, uh, six minutes ago, and he says, "I'm on my way, MZ." <clears throat> it was so nice to hear his voice. And what we mountain? had a real scare this uh, Mount Madonna. Oh. Um, we have a real. We had a real scare this week. Um, 
with uh, humble Brian. I I um, I won't ask you to play it, Aaron. It just it's depressing to too many people. But the reason I um, I, I related that story is because it had such uh, an incredible emotional impact on me. Uh, um, I've known humble Brian uh, since uh, very uh, since about a month or two after the acquisition of KSCO, which was back in 1991. And he had a show back in, what, the 2000s or something? Early 2000s? Actually, a little earlier than that. That show was called In the Spirit, and it had prayers, and it had music, it had other kinds of entertainment, and it had really interesting... It was like no other program you've ever heard anywhere before, during, or since. I do remember it, actually. Yeah, so you used to listen to that from time to time, and... uh, in um, it was in 1999 that he became very upset. Uh, he's a very emotional guy, you know. He's very, very into you know freedom and the Constitution and and. Uh, Would you call him a Tea Party person? Mm, possibly, possibly. Mm-hmm. But you could ask him that when he gets here. Yeah, so. that's cool. Um, but. The, the main topic of, of, of du jour, you know, is, um, is going to be the, uh, the Israeli-Middle uh, uh, East-Palestinian uh, uh, situation here. We've talked about that many times, but not, not so much in this kind of a format, a point-counterpoint. Uh, you are uh, probably by yourself uh, as a host on KSCO uh, with an opinion that is not pretty much 100%, you know, supportive of Israel and Zionist and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that's, in other words, it's whatever, you know, it's just whatever the party line coming from Israel or coming from the White House or coming from pretty much most of the media, um, except, I don't, yeah, I, I would say is it's not, yeah, it's not, it's more thoughtful, it's deeper. I would say it parallels what goes on in Israel itself. I mean, Israel has debate among what they should be doing with their various situations. And and here, there doesn't seem to be, when there is debate, it's always considered, it's always, I think there's a fear among people who are, is, you know, ardent Israel supporters that if there's any discussion that somehow the next day they're going to wake up and all support for Israel is going to have evaporated because of some little point that you know like fine-tuning a compass or something uh you know fine-tuning you know you know your gps which way are we going and it's like does that mean because you're turning one degree one one direction or the other is going to make you go off the road i mean that's the sense that 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 seems to be going on in this country and i just think that it doesn't serve any it doesn't serve israel doesn't serve the surrounding countries the palestinians anybody it's not going to move to a peaceful world. So your message is is, is get off the track of uh, of intense polarization and let's try to get something done here. Well, yeah, I mean, let let's look at what's worked in other conflicts. I mean, what when has there? How have we gone from war to peace? I mean, you start with World War Two. I mean, look what the what the situation. Germany and France at war. Germany and England at war. Now we see them merging their. Not only are they getting along but they're merging their economies i mean when you merge your money supply you're merging you're, you're you're becoming one government and if they can go from where they were to where they are now that tells you that it can happen anywhere so you have to look and well what how did they get there well 
does that mean moving towards a global government is a good thing, mm-hmm. not just bet- between a couple of countries, but why not more? Well, I don't think that's realistic. I think you, just, you have to start where you're at. Uh-huh. And, you know, you start, you start in the situation of what the conflict is. You, you know, you want to break it down to Gaza, Israel. I mean, start with that. I mean, don't come up with, oh, yes, we're going to have a world congress, a world meeting and come up with a world constitution, a new world order. This is like it's going to be this way or no way, you know, my way or the highway. No, it's like let's it's it's the old saying, the devil's in the details. So let's look at, you know, how do we make a current situation that we're in now better? And how do we just move in the direction towards something better? And and yeah, that to, sounds like a great topic of discussion today. Yeah, we're I thought that was it. <laughs> that is, that is. But you know, in order to move into that direction, get on that track, there's something very important that must take place before. Yes, and that's the song, the beginning. Absolutely, start I've been waiting for that. Okay, here. Wait a minute. Good morning. Here it is. A brighter day is Good morning. May we bring you cheer. We've got time. We've got tunes. We've got time, tunes, and temperature. Get up and go. It's today you know on KFCO Radio. Hello, everybody out there at Radio Land. Actually... It's a little unnerving to hit the button, and the music didn't start for like a second and a half. Can you imagine how I must have felt? Anyhow, welcome to the Saturday Special on your favorite radio station, AM 1080 KSCO. We're going to be on the air right up until noontime, and we hope you will be happy you stay tuned. So please do so. Good morning. Now stay right here on KSCO Radio. Some of the most vile, vicious, and hateful words I have ever seen have been written in emails to me from persons who do not like the fact that KSCO is a station that is strongly supportive of Israel. What bothers other, less radical people, though, is a sense that KSCO censors persons who want to express opinions not in support of Israel. I'll say it again. KSCO is a voice for everyone who chooses to use it, so long as there is courtesy and respect for other points of view. In fact, one of our talk hosts, Alex Darnell, who does Mondays from 2 to 4 p.m., regularly puts out his opinion that is certainly not pro-Israeli. A recent caller suggested that he won't be around for long. Uh... Not only is that not true, on the contrary, Alex will be featured on the next KSCO special, along with humble Brian the Great, the man we thought was dead but who thankfully is still with us this Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon, right here on Brace Yourselves for a Civil Discussion on this Explosive Issue Radio, AM 1080 KSCO. our civil discussion music. It's just in. Dave Michaels has just civilly entered the parking lot. So those of you who were getting nervous, 
about running down to the radio station and getting your deals on nutritional supplements and weight loss and skin care and mineral makeup and all that kind of stuff. Do not worry, Dave has arrived. He will be here today, at least until 2, the radio station, 2300 Portola Drive, to take care of you people out there. And tomorrow, he will be at the Santa Cruz Flea Market, taking care of the fleas there. Uh, you know, that's the old Skyview Drive-In Theater, right? Oh, yeah. Now you can answer. Yes, okay. I do know it's the new, it's also owned by Sutter Health. So their days are numbered. I think they are. Remember, they shut it down for a couple of months, and then they renegotiated some kind of lease so that they could go back there. But I still don't know what's going to happen when they eventually build on that land, because I think that's their plan. Um, but that's neither here nor there. But I will say Dave Michaels is working very hard. If he's seven days a week, man, it sounds like. Uh, yeah, well, I, I asked him if he, he thought it was a good idea. He says, yeah, man, let's do it. So we went. he and I went over to the flea market yesterday. Yeah. And talked with the manager and assistant manager. Yeah. And they thought it was a, just a really cool idea, you know, for us to have a presence there. Um, and, uh, and they gave us the absolute finest location for our exhibit. And there. where is that? At the right free- next to the food. That's what I was going to guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next yeah, to yeah. where the picnic tables right. are and all these. That is a good spot. Pe- yeah. And I, I would have thought that a better spot would have been at the entrance where everybody comes in, but, Dave pointed out that only the buyers come in at the entrance. Now, there are lots of other buyers. There are probably as many sellers as there are buyers. The entrance is pretty good, actually. I'd yeah. say I'd say it's a competition between the entrance and, and the food thing. Because, right. yeah. I'd- well, we can try it and see what, we can try it and see what, see, see what happens tomorrow. Um, and, uh, you know, it might work great or it might need some tweaking or it might just blow up in my face like things. Uh, have been known to do in the past that I thought would be very successful. Well, f- the flea market is always fun to hang out there. Just what people totally. watch. It's just yeah. cool, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's a, just a culture unto itself. I know Charlie Friedman goes goes there on Sundays a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. My dad used to love it. He'd go there and and, and I would go there looking for specific items for my projects, and he'd be just it'd take three times as long to get him out of there because he'd look at absolutely everything. Right. He just loved every little gadget, every little box of things to go through. And uh, it'd be like a three-hour. I'd I'd be wiped out by the end. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's true. I, I mean, uh, yeah, me too. When I spend even two or three hours there, I'm exhausted. Yeah, I need a I need a nice little nippy nap. Right, exactly. I, right. Yeah, and the trick is always how do you tour the place? Do you which aisles do you go up and down so you don't have to double back? That's always been the big question of the flea market. Yeah, did you ever get that answered properly? <laughs> well, there's always a couple of aisles you end up having to go up and down twice, as I recall. That was just what it was. And maybe those are the aisles that you want to be on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a great idea. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's good. I think you'll do okay out there. Well, I, I do think that if we have fun and if we broadcast from there and if we interview some of the people, you know, who who have booths there. Yeah. Exhibits there are, you know, sales hutches there, whatever you want to call them. I, I, I think uh, we can find some good content for the radio station, some good characters and so forth. Similarly, uh, we're going to start doing uh, the uh, Santa Cruz, not flea market, or, or in addition to the flea market, the Santa Cruz Farmer's Market. Oh, my goodness. Downtown. Woo. Flight 1080 uh, will, starting hopefully this Wednesday, if we can put it together, 
uh, be broadcasting live from the downtown uh, Santa Cruz um, uh, farmers market. Uh, aren't the entire program? That is a from, splendid from, idea. From four to seven p.m. You like that? Idea. I think it's a fantastic idea. Uh-huh. It Why? just gets you out in the community. It, yeah. it gets people to see that you're part of the community. That's what I've always been saying to you: is this station needs to be more integrated into the community and and as many events and as many. Uh, ways to just let people think that, oh, there's a radio station. They, they have students on it. They have, they have, uh, everybody. Gays they and have lesbians. Gays and lesbians. They have new business owners. They have business owners who are promoting their product. They get a one-shot promotion. It's like, hey, I opened a business. I can come talk about it, you know? And at the same time, you even have a call in, uh, uh, call in like, uh, Craigslist kind of thing. Uh, where people just advertise. You know. Oh, yeah. They used to have trading posts on KSCO when I was a youngster many, many, many years ago. Yeah. It was at noontime, I think. Yeah. And, and yeah, people would call in with their classified ad stuff for free. Right. It's a great idea. It, and, and if you have a wonderful host with a great personality. That's what you need. Yeah. Now, where in the now, world is there are one around? One <laughs> yeah. You might have to advertise over the hill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> on Craigslist. <laughs> <Or> on, <laughs> on Craig. <laughs> yeah, put it out there and say, uh, by the way, this is KSEO. We're looking for a talk show host <laughs> for this show, very show that we're doing. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Yeah, Absolutely. So anyhow, yeah. those are some of the fun things that we have in store uh, for <clears throat> our listeners and our community. And um, is it next week? No, it's the week after next, a uh, week from Tuesday, well, mm-hmm. nine days from now. Uh, we will commence um, the our county fair um, in, from September 9th through the, the which is a Tuesday. Yeah. On through uh, Sunday, I think. And is who's gonna is uh, flight 1080 gonna be there too? So will you? Oh. If you want to? Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, the whole plan is it used to be Charlie Friedman in the in the happy hour program. Yeah. He would be out there. Dave would be here. Right. You know, running things. Now this year. Everybody, starting at noon, is going to be out there broadcasting live, which would be Charlie from 12 to 2. Yeah. You from 2 to 4 on Mondays. Absolutely. You know, Georgia, the future, Dr. Yeah. future. And we're sure. Going to have everybody there from tw- from uh, 12 noon to 7 p.m. each day. Yeah, except uh, Tuesday is when the fair starts, and I'm on Monday, so I might miss uh, it. <laughs> oh, true. darn. Uh, that's true. Oh, yeah. well. Well, you could go on one of the other shows. Uh, I, I guess I could be a guest on Flight 1080, and I could help crash the plane if you they're should, having trouble lifting off. <laughs> That's one thing that Flight 1080 hasn't done. It hasn't, it hasn't cross-promoted other hosts. And I think that would be a good idea because not all of the hosts are old and, and boring. Yeah, yeah. You know, huh? and, and not sure, a lot of them are not as fast-moving as, as Flight 1080. Right, you know? right. But it would be nice because a lot of people have been tuning into the station because of Flight 1080 and it's faster paced and it's younger demographic yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So what a great way to promote oldsterism. I think having a host just come on and just joke around, too. I mean, I, I, not everything has to be serious. I mean, just come in and start, you know, I mean, I, I, I like to banter about kind of gossipy, you know, kind of silly things and stuff. It's kind of, it's sort of fun, actually. And how you doing, uh... 
It's Aaron. Uh, Aaron. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's Aaron. It's a, your friendly voice of Aaron yes, Shore. Yes. Yes. No, Aaron. Aaron's a great guy. He's got an amazing I, voice. I, actually. I wish he had. A, I wish he was an unfriendly voice because I'd like him to, him to use his unfriendly voice and see what would happen. He has a very trained voice. Something that um, I could use some training actually, but hasn't happened yet. And someone's actually calling. I the don't radio believe program. it. Oh yeah. All right. So listen, gang. The, the reason we're we're um, what is vamping? Is that you know improvising? Yes, what are we doing? Vamp, now? we're vamping. Yeah. yeah, is because humble Brian the Great is humble Brian the Late. No, I mean not. <laughs> yeah, not yes, <laughs> that was a good one. Um, That's a good joke. Humble it, Brian the Late. <laughs> no, it's it's not <laughs> not because, late late like dead. Yeah. Okay. Here he is. There Here's he is. Gundarva himself. Uh, see, we're good. We're dialed in. We're good to go. <laughs> we got the program programmed. <laughs> And so what, everybody? I hope you, you know, you hope you got something done while you were listening to us here, waiting for the real show to start. Yeah. And so uh, well, we do have dust your house or something. Keep or... waiting for for humble Brian. But I hope you weren't running the, the vacuum cleaner because then you wouldn't have heard our wonderful uh, banter here. Because, but yeah. uh, you know, you could be dusting, but no vacuuming. <laughs> now I saw him right on the other side of the glass, and it was like a minute ago. It should have taken ten seconds. For... Does Aaron? Maybe you need to. He hasn't been here in a while. Maybe you need to show him how to get into the talk studio. Yeah, that's a good idea. Unless he had to, you know, hit the can first. Who knows? But um, but whatever. Shall we send a detective to find out what happened? Yeah, I saw yeah. it with my own eyeballs, and so did you. I know. It is funny how sometimes you think, uh, what is the problem? The footsteps, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven more footsteps. He should be in the door. All right. And he's not, so yeah, what are you going to well, do? But he will be any second. Don't we have a call? Loretta in Santa Cruz. Oh, my goodness. Hi, Loretta. Hey. Hi. Thank you for coming Alex. to the fairground this year and it's still 7 o'clock at night. I just heard your ad. I did not know that. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, wait a minute. Here. Wait. wait. Hold on, Loretta. Stay there. But humble okay. Brian the Great has just entered the room. I had to do the okay. most important thing. I had to stop. And mix my little pollen burst drink here. Oh, so you get even more hyped up. Now, <laughs> now, wait a minute. Are you getting an unfair advantage to me? Well, caffeine brings me down, so oh. I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay, Loretta, we are going yeah. to be at the fair. We are we're always at the fair, except we're going to have oh, an expanded on-air presence at, the, at this fair. That's well, the only difference. I... Yeah, I know you're always good. Normally I bring the umbrellas, but last year you would go in the shade, so I didn't have to. But I'm out of here working today, getting things ready for the fair. So I was delighted to hear that you're going to be here longer hours. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah and I need to talk to Steve Stagnaro. He said he got a, he was able to get us another booth behind the KSCO booth. I want to see if we could get the other booth beside the case so that we can be on the grand boulevard here with our second yeah 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 yeah. do you have any juice out there i mean you probably you must because you work there right well i'm a director in fact i'm president of the board oh my god so you can definitely pull strings you know but i always i'm always out here working so okay i'm getting ready for that I've been meaning to call Steve to, to let him know, thank you for getting us a second booth, but we'd rather it not be behind KSCO. We want it to be beside KSCO, so we're on the main boulevard. Well, if, if I see Steve, I'll, I'll send him an email. Um, in fact, I'm not here to say right now I'm getting ready for the diaper derby, which is going to be on Saturday. The diaper derby? derby? Yeah, and it's an awesome event for babies. That a ducky derby. <laughs> no, a diaper. Seriously? And we have... Seriously, on Saturday, 
We have two uh, new babies have... in our family. Oh, well, good. They have to be under a year old. They and are. And then we have the toddler contest, yeah. and that's those who can run. So we have those two contests that's going on right. in the Patty Park. So it's a fun event for the family. So I'm trying to get that set up today, matter of fact. So that's what I'm doing out here today. But uh, I'll, I'll get a hold of Lynn in the office or somebody here. Okay. See what they can do about you guys. But Thank you I so much, and thanks for calling. Office. Okay, There goes Loretta at the Santa Cruz County Fair. Okay, um, so, uh, I'm O'Brien. It's great to see you alive. Same here. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to be alive. It's nice yeah. to be above ground. I, I, did, I, I did actually go to heaven for a little while. I was in heaven, and uh, it wasn't like I thought it would be, and all these uh, all these. The ISIS fighters showed up there, and all these virgins came running around them, and they were all happy. And all of a sudden, the virgins turned into demons and ate them alive. Oh, my gosh. So oh, was, no. Was, so that's when I decided to come back. Heaven wasn't what I thought it was. Right. Maybe, are you sure that was heaven? <laughs> I'm not sure. It was very hot. No. You've heard the old joke. They uh, So-and-so named the person Hillary Clinton goes to heaven, and they... And they and, they show her around and say, How, "How's everything? How's everything? What, what, what do you have any questions?" And she goes, "Yeah, everything's fine, except how come it's so damn hot up here?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, um, for those of you who wonder what we're talking about, we're, we're making light of uh, of, uh, of something very serious that happened this this week, and I I made a little commentary or a little promo out of it. Some people, both around the radio station and in the audience, thought that that was very poor taste on my part. Um, yeah, I received an email uh, that my friend, uh, it was from my friend, Neil Brian Goldberg, which is your, you know, given name. Uh, and I was expecting, it said sad news in the, in the, in the um, um, subject line. And I was expecting something else. The last thing in the world I was expecting was for you to tell me that you're dead. But well, it wasn't really you. It was, it, was, it was presumably someone in your family or someone who was using your email address somehow through your computer to let all of your uh, friends and contacts know uh, the very sad news, which was indeed very sad. And it said, uh, please do not contact the family uh, because uh, they are in very, very deep mourning. The, the, the death was under questionable circumstances. And as soon as we know more, we will let you know. Huh. And uh, it was very shocking. Well, it rocked my world. There was nothing, nothing good about it for me. And I was really glad I got hold of you before you ran with it and did anything. And, and then you told me that you were running this, uh, what was it, epitaph? Uh, an, or what was an early it? eulogy for me. It which sort of gave me an opportunity to try out something that I've always thought about. It's almost since I've had the radio station. I started thinking, why do people give eulogies only after the person's dead? Why don't they give eulogies while the person's still living so he, her, he or she can hear all the nice things that are being said publicly about them, you know? And so I figured, look, I'm not going to – I'm not going to – I know better now. I know that this was not real. I was hoping and praying it wasn't real. And when I found out the reason that it wasn't real, that it was your, your, your cell phone had been hacked – well, it was actually, I, th- I have a very high-level friend, uh, high-tech, he holds a high position at IBM, and he told me they got into my email accounts. 
Yeah. It wasn't my phone. Well, it wasn't your phone? No, my phone was dead for almost two days, but I was writing. I didn't well, care. Was it dead? So you thought it was dead because the battery I, I, was Yeah, on? whatever. So I finally, I was getting tremendous vibes, like something's going on. So I went to the Verizon store and said, I don't know what's with this phone. And the guy took it apart and looked at it and messed with it, and he got the phone going. And then I started seeing all these condolences and, and what. And it took me a while to figure it out, and I started calling people right away to tell them it wasn't so and you were the next person I was going to call and you called me right well, then one of the one of the persons that you called sent me an email saying his phone was hacked thank god yeah well that's how, i think that's how i put it my phone was hacked cuz i am not a high tech guy I don't so know. is there a moral to this story that any time you hear a rumor that somebody's dead you should at least do two things send them an email say is it really true and also call their cell phone yeah. See, I also, are, are you dead? <laughs> yeah, I don't get the web. There, I'm sort of half joking. I, where right? I stay either. But, you know, yeah, my yeah. laptop's very limited and it won't, uh, you know, I have to like be somewhere where there's a powerful yeah. connection. So uh, it's just funny how it happened. And I don't know about the phone thing. Maybe the phone was, maybe someone did something with the phone. But whoever did it was very high level. And uh, there's no reason for anyone to do that. I mean, if someone hated me, I mean, you know, there's no reason for anyone to do that unless there's really a reason. So I thought about it, and I'll tell you, uh, James Cameron and his attorneys came to my mind because some things have happened with them that were very bad, very, very bad. And, uh, You're talking about the director of. Uh, yeah. Well, we have a. Ca- I've been I've been battling James Cameron for the last seven years about the Terminator movie, which I wrote the original story, and he took it, and we had a judge say uh, we must we must conclude that they had our material, and now all of a sudden the judge did a crazy turnaround and said yes, they had your material, uh, but the things they took aren't protectable. Well, we don't have time in this show for me to tell you all the scenes and storylines and the music track. That they, it's obvious, it's a powerful case, and I got word some, uh, almost a year ago that arrangements had been made to take me out from a really good source that I can't reveal. And so I sent emails to, I even think I sent you one that if anything happens to me, it's them. And I, I, and I sent his, I sent the attorney, Bruce Isaacs, an email saying, Telling him, and and I said, it's a good strategy. James Cameron will have to kill me because I will never stop bothering him and coming after him because without my work, there never would have been a Terminator movie. And that's just how it is, you know. Uh, Skynet, all the supercomputers becoming self-aware at the same time, ordering uh, secret factories, factories of robots uh, to be made. and You know, just the whole sto- storyline, very much of it and some very specific things. And they're very deadly in the courts. I mean, so they finally somehow got a judge to make an outrageous ruling that, yeah, yeah, they took it, but it's not protectable which is ridiculous. There are scenes in music that never happened before in the history of literature or music. So uh, now I just, something happened. I was watching TV. Terminator 4 came on. There's a scene on there in the ruins of L.A. where uh, music comes on, a jeep that gets started. And the two young freedom fighters are like, what's that? They never heard music. That's my story. There was no music left in the world. So the the freedom fighter said to them, oh, it's something my buddies used to listen to, something like that. And we raised the point, we think maybe he said music there and they made a change in our earlier papers. We brought that up because just down the road when they're being chased, the kid yells out, they must have heard the music. Well, music was never said because they took it. I believe they took it out. So it came on recently, uh, a couple months ago or so, 
And I, uh, Terminator 4, I don't know why, I pressed the record button. I was coming right to that part, and the, the, the Jeep starts, three, four notes of the music come on, and the guy's hand goes and turns it right off. They cut out that entire segment. My attorney, Don Schwartz, said, wiping away the fingerprints, admission of guilt. They cut out that part that was so telling. That's not by any means our whole case. It's a very small part of our case, but it's very telling because it's the closest thing in a way to the whole essence of my work, Long Live Music. So uh, they, uh, I talked to some people. I talked to some L.A. attorneys about it, you know, to get ideas and hear, learn things. Next thing I know, it comes on again, and that's put back in. They undid the alteration actually altered evidence in a federal case, you know. So uh, I sent it in. Well, maybe to, they unaltered it when they realized that they had altered it, and that's not good. Well, yeah, they cut they they precisely cut that out. That is outrageous. So I sent it into the FBI. I I made a flash drive with the the original, the change, and the rechange with a letter, and I sent it into the FBI. Now all of a sudden this happens, and it's almost like a threat in a way. It's almost like, or for I'm me to, re- to, I'm trying to wrap my head around for me to, for me to react and then have him say, this guy's a wacko. This guy's a nutcase, you know? So I don't know exactly what they're up, but they're the ones I think of. And if people want to know, call up Bruce Isaacs in, uh, in California, the attorney and ask him, did you do that? Are you people out to kill, uh, Neil Goldberg? Is this true? You ask him questions. You know, maybe he should, he should get about a hundred calls. But anyway, I protected myself by putting it out widely on an email when I got that information. And some guy pulled up next to me in a laundromat space and a, a, in a red van, a Hispanic man, and he had a camera. He was fooling with his cell phone. All of a sudden, it was up at the window, and he took my picture. Hmm. You know, things like that were happening. So uh, I don't care. That's what they'll have to do because I'll never quit on that case. James Cameron is a thief. And it's known throughout well, well, the industry. In your opinion, we, have, we, can't, yeah. we can't be putting that out. He's known. The, the well, no, well, no, he already stole and denied okay. it and then paid off Harlan Ellison okay. on the, from the Twilight Zone. We're a local radio station, yeah. and we don't want any kind of legal you know, thing being you know, that's my, us. That's, however, however yeah. I will put out that if Mr. Cameron or his representative wants to answer that, you know, this same quality time... In the day part will be offered. You know, oh, I'd love to have a little debate with them and play a few comparison sound clips and read a few uh, scene comparisons and then see how they answer that. Right. Uh, and see how they answer that. So a few sound clips and scene comparisons. Anyway, it's best we don't go down that road because it, yeah. it's a, you know, I'm a real writer. You know, I've had chart records. I've written with the biggest people. And, and I, I've had, you know, national chart records and music played all over the world and TV music and uh to be to see that kind of treatment to me it's a very personal thing. Of course, yeah. When someone steals creativity, it really bothers me. And also, I despise bullies, and that's why, even though I was very sick, you know, my wife begged me to stay in Hollywood. It was a horrendous trip down here. I was in pain all the way, but I came here to speak for Israel because it's very important what's going on, and I have things to say that haven't been said or brought up. And I, I drag myself down here to come in here that I could speak for Israel. Okay, so why don't you speak, because uh, uh, Alex and I have all, I don't know if you were listening. when you I were heard driving. some of it, yeah. Okay, great. Alex and I talked a little bit about that, but why don't you begin and say what you want to say about it. All right, let me begin by saying it's, it's a battle 
between good and evil. It's a battle between joy and uh, oppression. It's a, bat- a battle between tyranny and terror and and uh, l'chaim, you know, to life. Now, there's nowhere in the entire Middle East where a gay person is safe except in Israel. So, you folks out there, when you're choosing side, think, caref- think carefully. They would cut your throat in a second. Uh, there's nowhere in the entire Middle East where a liberated woman or a free thinker or a, a, a moderate Muslim is safe, except in Israel. So that's, this is, gets you the idea of uh, the difference in, in peoples, okay? Uh, the other thing I want to say is, when did you ever hear of an Israeli soldier raping someone? When did you ever hear of an Israeli soldier chopping someone's head off or mowing people down mindlessly? I saw on the news... Uh, some of the, what, during a truce, some of the Palestinian people were walking by, trying to go about some kind, whatever they could do, uh, past the Israeli soldiers standing there with weapons. They just walked by the soldiers. They didn't look scared. They weren't wary. They weren't looking back afraid. Because they knew the Israeli soldiers would not mow them down. Because they're menches. They're raised to be menches. A mensch is someone who's a decent person. Someone who, tries to love God with all his might. A mensch is someone who tries to do good in the world, tries to be something good in the world. They're boy chicks. They're Jewish boys. They're good people. Uh, Golda Meir said one of her saddest things. She said they, they forced our boys to become killers. And that's what saddened her most of all, that, that the good Jewish boys had to become killers. So Hamas presents this thing. There's going to be terrible devastation and murder and, and bloodshed. And uh, they give Israel a choice. It's going to be ours or it's going to be yours. So what is Israel supposed to do? Sit there and be slaughtered and let their people be slaughtered? You didn't like the scenes you saw in the, with the Palestinians? It's a shame. I cried for those children. I cried for everything that happened. It was awful. But if it had been the other way around, if Israel did not defend itself, you'd be seeing those pictures and those scenes of Israeli children and Israeli uh, families and, and whole cities and neighborhoods being shattered. And what would the world do then? Would they care as much? So it's kind of a fashionable thing now to be for the Muslims and to be for the Arabs. It's like, oh, they're cool. They're, they're young guys and they speak in a soft, snaky voice. And, and they're kind of cool. And it's just sort of a fad. That's why I came here, most of all, for this issue. That they, it's sort of a fad to be, oh, those Israelis, you know, they're, they're bullies. They're all, yeah, there's a, there's a kid who's excellent he, and he gets picked on by all the lowlifes and crumbs and, and, and no counts in the school. Uh, and because he's smarter than them, and he's better than them, and he's a better person than them, and they and they pick on him and bully him, and then he's on the way to school, and they grab his excellent homework and throw it in the mud pile. That's the the kid finally can't take anymore, and he and he knocks someone's tooth out, or he gives someone a broken nose. Now they run to the teacher, and he's the aggressor. All of a sudden, he's the aggressor. So that's what we're talking about here. Uh, Israel is for the good. It's it's uh, joy. It's life against death. It's it's joy against terror and darkness. There's a difference here, folks. Israel is good, and those crazies who think that they're that they have God on their side, they are evil. They don't know God. They don't know anything about God. Allah is a wonderful, loving God. There's only one God. And if Allah is God, He is a God of love. 
He is a God of compassion. Allah does not want the heads of little children. Allah does not want the blood of the innocents. Allah does not want His daughters to be raped. Allah does not want His children to live in terror and fear. Allah is a loving God, a good God. And if you're yelling Allah and you have hatred in your heart, you do not know Him. Well, that's a very interesting introduction. Um, Excuse me. Um, Okay, well, first of all, I would say that this is nothing to do with Allah or Jesus or God or any religious component. Um, We have Muslims all throughout the Middle East who live in peace. We have them in Kurdistan. We have the Muslims prospering there. We have them building up a country. There's Christians, Muslims getting along. They're selling oil. They're making money. They're prospering. They're looking to the future. We have in Iraq, we have... Uh, we have the Sunnis and the Shiites fighting, but it's very interesting. Depending on who's on top, we call the other side fanatics. It's like, oh, they don't, they just want to die. But then, well, first it was the Shiites were the terrorists against uh, Saddam. Now it's the Sunnis fighting against Al Maliki, and they're suddenly Muslim fanatics. Well, it, it's it's whoever's on top is is suddenly the moral person, and whoever's on the bottom is a religious fanatic. Well, well that the, that's just not true. The people who are Tell me one war, one war that Israel ever started. Um, I would say that in Gaza, uh, and sanctions against a country are an act of war. Okay, let's talk about that. Seven years ago, Israel completely pulled out of Gaza. They physically, violently had to pull their farmers away from their orchid farms and their greenhouses that they had made from nothing and... Pulled out. They pulled. They forced their farmers to go up their homes and farms, and they pulled everything out of Gaza. And they said to the Palestinians, "Here, this is yours. We're out. We give it to you." Let's look. And, at and immediately, immediately, they brought in rockets and started shooting at Israel. All right. Let's look at that for a second. Okay. First of all, uh, they pulled out in 2005. And it's true. They pulled out settlers. There was about 9,000 settlers. They were living there. Many of, some of them, many of them did not want to leave. That's true. And, uh, uh, but here's the thing. When they pulled out the settlers, what happened was they, the Palestinians, I followed this story very closely. The Palestinians had dreams of a state. They had, were planning on making a seaport, planning on resurrecting the airport in Gaza City, hoping to trade, hoping to build up a country, hoping to fish off the ocean. Instead, the siege was put in place from day one. It was never lifted. And here's an example of the way Israel has treated the Palestinians from day one. And that is that there was houses. They built these little single-family houses, two, uh, three-bedroom, two-bath, with uh, two-car garages and little tile roofs. And, and they basically built them for the Jewish settlers. And then when they pulled out, I was, I was actually hoping. I'm going, maybe this is the beginning of something. And they'll let the Palestinians take those houses. Instead, they demoed the houses. They smashed the houses for nothing. They spent their money to wreck anything that was good to the Palestinians. They were basically saying to the Palestinians, this is what we're giving you is nothing. We're giving you wrecked houses and a sieged land where you cannot travel. That's an act of war. Sanctions no, are was, an act no, of minute, war. Wait a minute. Those were Israel's houses. Now, first of all, I don't like that. I don't like what you just told me. I, you know, I don't know why they did that. However, when they were there, there was nothing. 
and they built those houses. Nothing. They, the houses didn't exist. There was there who, the who Palestinian the farms. Who built? The, I know the Palestinians no, who, who built the were ha- living I'm there, about the houses. and they were pushed no, 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 off no, no, the no, land no, to build the, the houses. Subject. Don't no, change the I'm subject. Not. Who built those houses? Israel. Well, okay. Okay. So the houses didn't so, exist. So why should they well, tear them down? I'm not saying it's right. I don't like okay. it. Okay. But I'm saying the houses weren't there. Israel built them. They belonged to Israel. It would have been a really nice gesture of peace. For Israel to say, here, we're also giving you these houses and so on. But uh, I don't know if it was just some uh, some bad uh, guys at the top or why they did that. But they said, we're, we're leaving you what you had to start with. So we, we, Israel built from nothing. When Israel came to, to, uh, to their land, there was nothing okay. but wilderness. And the first day Israel was founded, they were attacked by a handful of Arab okay. nations. Okay, here's the thing, uh, humble Brian. I'm not focused on these houses. That's just one example of the way they have been treated and the sanctions, the blocked borders. Why would they dig tunnels if the border was open? They, they, they dig the tunnels because the border wasn't open. I mean, would you dig a tunnel when you could just walk through a gate? They dig the tunnels because they weren't allowed to travel. They weren't allowed to bring things now, in. This is ridiculous. That might be partly true, but they used those tunnels to come in and kidnap and murder. Not very much. Oh, it was only your son. It was only your son. It wasn't okay, very listen, much. Listen, listen. Here's the thing. Okay. Now, of course, it's wrong. But think about their motivation. I mean, what would any halfway logical group of people, such as the Palestinians, Hamas, whoever's the leader, what exactly, if, you know, I'm hearing arguments. I hear Ethan say this. Oh, their goal is to kill as many Jews as possible. Well, obviously, it didn't work in 2008. How many did they kill? Like 30? Okay, in 2012, another 30. It's not working. So they obviously must be another reason why they would attack with rockets if it didn't, if the goal was to it's kill Jews. It's re- not working. It's the same reason that they elected Hamas. Joe's Hamas that has brought destruction Upon them. Let me say this. Uh, Israel made peace with Egypt. Egypt was a bitter enemy of Israel. No one ever dreamed that they could. And how did they, they succeed in that? Wait a minute. Let me tell the story. Okay. So I was a, I was a young boy, and, and Nasser had his huge army all lined up on the borders of little tiny Israel, and he announced to the world, we will kill every man, woman, and child in Israel. I heard it with my own ears. My sister started crying. My father laughed. And my father said, when the dust settles, you will find that Israel has won. It was impossible. How could they possibly win? But there is a God. And that God does love Israel. That God loves all his children. But, uh, you know, in this situation, God was with them. It, it was miraculous. Now, they finally made peace with Egypt, which no one thought was possible. And how did possible. they do it? They finally made peace. They gave the land back, and they did not control the land. Wait a minute. Wait That's a minute. We can the get difference. To that. I'm not finished That's with this point. That's the difference. They, they finally made peace with Egypt. They gave back that huge piece of land, and there was no scuffles, no bullets fired. Egypt stopped fighting. 
And there was no more fighting. Because Egypt got back what they lost, and there was no controls over that land. No, they, Egypt was fighting from the start. No, the no. reason they lost their land is because they attacked Israel for okay, no reason. But, but Israel took that land. They finally made peace. They finally but said to Israel, they gave the you land have a, back, they, finally they did said, not control They finally the said to Israel, you have a right to exist. We will respect your right to exist. They stopped attacking, and now there's perfect peace. There's peace. As soon as they put the Muslim Brotherhood in Immediately, there were skirmishes and problems. And that's the problem, is that they, they, they go with the radicals. The Palestinian people want to live, they want to work, they want to raise their children. They're just people like everyone else. Okay, some are good, right. some are bad. But they bring in the crazies, and then they come at Israel, firing rockets at Israel. This rocket fire didn't start a few months ago. It's been going on for a year or more. And Israel has not attacked. Month after month after month, Israel has not retaliated. And when you talk about when they gave it back with the blockade, it's like, recognize us. Make peace with us. Be at peace. Stop hating. Stop attacking. And then they would have eased. They have no blockade on the Egyptian border. But first, they had to be safe. They're a little tiny country, totally outnumbered. They had to be sure and be safe. Now, it looks like some meanness and some bitterness mixed in with it. And maybe those people were mistreated. And I don't like that. Israel isn't perfect. Israel's leaders are men. And you know about men. You know, not okay. everyone can be as wonderful as you and I, Alex. Okay, you all, right, all right, let me talk for a minute now. Okay, here, here's the thing. Okay, first of all, when they gave back the Sinai, okay, they also demoed the houses there too, but that's just a side point, okay? There was a city of 8,800 people, Israel, Jews living in the Sinai. They demoed the houses. They say, here's the houses back. No, we're demoing the houses. Well, they okay. built, they built uh, the houses. Okay, all right, but they that's just to give you an attitude but of, of their, their attitude towards the na- their neighbors. But the point is, when they pulled out of the Sinai, they did not control the airspace, the seaports, or the borders. So Egypt basically had the land. When they pulled out of Gaza, you have to understand what a siege is like. How do you live when you can't? You can't, they wouldn't even let, I mean, how does this help Israel's security? You can't even go more than two miles off the shore to fish. And kids couldn't even travel, couldn't even go to school. They couldn't even go to the university. And the farmers couldn't export their crops. People couldn't visit their relatives in the West Bank. Why do you I mean, think I, Israel I, did that? Why do you think Israel did that, if that's true? I okay, don't, I don't it, know it, all right, the reason, I, I would say, if I had to guess, I mean, I don't know, you have to ask them, but I would say it's an overreaction to uh, to a fear of what you're talking about, annihilation, little Israel, all that. I believe that's the reason. But you have to look at it from the Palestinians' point of view. And if you're wondering about the Palestinians for a second, let's look at the Palestinians. They're Muslims. Let's look at the Palestinians who live inside of Israel who are actually citizens. There's like 1.6 million of them, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. Why, they never, there was maybe one suicide bombing during all that stuff in the early 2000s. They didn't do any violence. They were happy to live. They could live. They could drive their cars. They could own uh-huh. houses. They weren't radicalized. Did anybody bother them? Did anyone drag them away and beat them no, off stuff? No, no. The point, mm-hmm. But the point is, is so the Palestinians, it's not something genetic. It's not something wrong with no, them. I just okay, said okay, so then, people. So what is it that makes the Palestinians in, in the Gaza act the way they do with the rockets? And what I'm trying to tell tell you is there's no other explanation other than the fact that they're living under siege. There might be an explanation that they were not willing to guarantee peace. The ones living inside Israel, if there was all this hatred and low stuff going on, they should have been bothered, persecuted, you're not allowed to drive. Why didn't they, why weren't the ones inside Israel treated that? So I know that you do not know 
everything about this whole situation. Neither do I. You don't know everything that goes on under the current, behind the scenes, what intelligence that Israel has. Neither do I. I'm not saying it's right. But I don't it's like common it. sense. I hate bullies. I hate an Israeli bully. I hate a Muslim bully. I hate a Christian bully. I hate every kind of bully. I hate bullies because you know I was I, bullied as a kid. What I would ask you to do and is to, for a second, look at how they were living and try to pretend you're living in no, that I land. I already get that. I'm very quick. Well, I already get well, that. Why don't you tr- no, I, no, I already get that, and I don't like it. Maybe it was too harsh. But n- number one, what, what everybody else has to understand is there's this little tiny country that is constantly under siege, constantly under attack, uh, by they're surra- they're outnumbered like thousands well, to one. Well, who exactly would attack? Israel's got the fourth largest defense in the world. At, so who is exactly is going to threaten they get, Israel? They get attacked all the time. But but serious people more, come in and blow things up. They blow up school school buses full of children. They don't leave them alone. When Israel says never again, they're not fooling that around. That was only during and that is the why uh, when Barack Obama was first elected, I said he's going to cause nuclear war in the Middle East. Because he will leave, he will leave Israel with no choice. That was my prediction. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I hope he comes out like a lion and actually, you know, takes care of uh, business with the crazy. I'm against the crazies that are torturing, chopping off heads, making people uh, afraid and live in terror. We don't need that. The Middle East doesn't need that, you know. And Israel should live up to what they're supposed to be. Uh, it's very hard when someone is constantly uh, attacked, constantly threatened. Maybe they do overreact. Maybe they're doing too much. But for them, it's very serious. For them, it's not a discussion. It's not an academic kind of thing. For them, it's like, do they want their females of every single age, from infant on up, raped? Do they want, do they want their children uh, chopped up in pieces while their mother's forced to watch or the children forced to watch the mother being raped and the father being chopped up? Do they want the most, do they want to be overrun and have the most hellish, awful scene happen in their country? No. They're going to do every single little thing they can that's in their favor to prevent that. So some of the things they're doing, maybe they have a reason or maybe they're just a right, little warped. Oh, maybe they're a little warped from, the from everything that's going point on. Of view. Okay, that's what's happening to them right now in Gaza during these wars. They're being their their houses are being destroyed. People are being killed, injured. The power's being shut off. The water's being shut off. The little kids are looking at their parents, going, "What did we do? What did we do wrong?" And and that's they, how the Jewish children feel. Why do they hate us? Why do they want to kill us? Well, it doesn't take that much common. Doesn't it, a little common sense? I mean, it's like first of all, a siege, sanctions are an act of War. They elected Hamas, which is no, pledged no. to destroy the siege. Israel. First of all, okay, let me talk about the that. Palestinian well, people right. brought in Hamas, put them in power, and now they've brought the wrath. You know upon what? Themselves. All all of these discussions about a ceasefire have they always. Do this, you guys, we're the end of hour number one. And the news is going to chop us in about six seconds. See so that, Alex? You wasted all the time. I know. <laughs> yeah, we do have an hour we ahead We'll be of back. It. Right here at Cancio Santa Cruz, Linus Monterey, San Jose. Here's the news. I'm Pam Coulter. With Russia's military inside his country, a dire warning from Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko. I think that we are very close to the point of non-return. 
Point of return is full-scale war. Reporter Terry Schultz in Brussels. Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko was blunt about the threat, saying thousands of Russian troops and hundreds of Russian tanks are now on his country's territory. He says his impression from talks with the EU leaders is that they understand the danger of the situation for Ukraine and for themselves. European Commission President Jose Manuel Barroso says he still hopes for a political solution, but... We may see a situation where we reach the point of no return. Barroso says he expects EU heads of state to agree on tougher sanctions against Russia. Terry Schultz for CBS News, Brussels. Lithuania's president, Dali Gribaskaita. We need militarily to support and send uh, military uh, materials to Ukraine. And Russia expert Dmitry Trenin. The sanctions are inevitable. They are a must in terms of the governments reacting to something happening next door. Public opinion demands that there are more sanctions against Russia. President Obama's considering expanding U.S. airstrikes against ISIS into Syria, CBS's Juliana Goldman. If the president decides to pursue a more robust response to ISIS, both Republicans and Democrats are calling for a debate in Congress and a vote to authorize the use of force. Adding to the pressure, intelligence officials tell CBS News that nearly a dozen Americans have gone to Syria to fight alongside the terror group. Investigators are looking for a gunman who shot at two motorcyclists near downtown L.A. One was shot six times in the back. The other shot at least four times. Initial information is they were riding together, and the first motorcyclist tells investigators he was being chased, says LAPD Lieutenant Carlos Solano. He was riding his motorcycle on the freeway at a high rate of speed, trying to get away from someone or some people who were shooting at him. Both motorcyclists are listed in critical but stable condition. Ed Mertz, CBS News, Los Angeles. A mobile home fire in North Carolina has taken a terrible toll. The house fire call came in about 1 a.m. Saturday. The small town blaze in southeastern North Carolina claimed six lives. Local and state fire and police investigators are working the scene. At this point in time, we do not suspect any foul play. We are continuing to treat it as a a criminal investigation in the event that something does develop. Eric Pope is a captain with the Sampson County Sheriff's Department. Jim Rasula, CBS News, Greensboro, North Carolina. Investigators suspect the family dog in a house fire in Lacey Township, New Jersey last night. Police think the dog accidentally turned on the stove while no one was at home. Firefighters quickly put out the fire and saved the dog. This is CBS News. It's the most advanced technology available. Engineered with over 200 million sensory receptors. Its all-terrain design is beautifully formed. Weather-resistant. Reliable. Astonishingly high performance in even the most challenging of circumstances. And it is also the finest search technology in the world. There's nothing else quite like a search dog. Be part of the search. Go to searchdogfoundation.org to see how you can help. Big data may be just another overused buzzword, but storing, sharing, protecting, and recovering big data is a big deal to companies, big or small. Barracuda Networks offers powerful, affordable, yet easy-to-implement solutions for data protection and disaster recovery, email archiving, file sharing, and e-signing, all designed to protect big data and simplify IT. For an online demo or to try any of our storage solutions risk-free for 30 days, visit barracuda.com slash big data.
Good morning. You're listening to KSCO AM 1080 Santa Cruz, KOMY AM 1340 La Selva Beach, Watsonville. Currently four minutes past 11 a.m. Today is... Today is Saturday, August 30th, 2014. Sorry, folks, having a little bit of computer issues here. Today is August 30th, 2014, and four minutes past 11 a.m. It is 63 degrees outside KSCO Studios. Friendly voice, Aaron Shore with your local King of the Hill traffic. Central Coast weather brought live to you. Taking a look at your roadways in and around Santa Cruz all seem to be traveling up and to the limit with no signs of any delays in and around Santa Cruz. This includes all county roads as well as major highways 1, 17, and 9 in both directions. Your northern Monterey Bay Central Coast weather forecast for today continuing with highs around 80, light winds drifting south around 5 miles per hour. Your northern Monterey Bay Central Coast Boaters forecast for your coastal waters, northwest winds 15 to 25 knots, wind waves 3 to 6 feet, mixed swell northwest 4 to 6 feet at 7 seconds, and south 3 feet at 11 seconds. Also here with us today is Dave Michaels, selling Longevity products. He is here from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Stop on by, pick up any one of your fine Longevity products. Stay tuned next for hour number two of the Saturday special. Saturday special is brought to you by the California Grill and Freedom, Los Animas Concrete, and Reverse Man Dan. If you're a homeowner, 62 plus, you likely have money in hand. Learn how much money you can get in your hand right now without having to make a monthly mortgage payment by contacting Reverse Man Dan at 831-423-2900 or reversemandan.com. It's your money. And also with us right now, we have Tara from Longevity. Tara, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on? Okay, Tara, are you there? I'm here. Okay, good. And Dave is here too. Perfect. Uh, uh, so, Dave, uh, oh, oh, hey, you guys, too much talking. The others are arguing here. You got, we're on the air now. You got? No, don't talk. Don't whisper. Okay. <laughs> they, they won't shut up. They won't shut up because they're going at it. Anyhow, Dave, you're here. Tara's there. Shh, shh, you guys, please. A little respect here. Yeah. Okay. Now, Dave, you're here to remind every to, to tell people you you too are happy that um, that humble Brian isn't isn't expired hasn't expired. Oh, all right. Oh. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad he's not dead, uh, uh, MC. I'm glad that everything worked out smooth. That's just because I owe you money. It, it, it was a BTT, right? It was a BTT. That, that stuff will make anybody come back to life just about. Nobody dies if you take that stuff. Right, right. You, 109. Right. Today's a good day to stock up on a 2MZ because we have a heck of a sale. This is the special unadvertised sale. We weren't even uh, going to, to plan on doing this. This is last second. Bang. We're going to hand out deals today, all day long. And then tomorrow, we're going to have some real deals. We're going to have packages for everybody that signs up for here? Uh, here too, yeah, we'll do it today no, too. No, no, wait a minute. What about what about the flea market tomorrow? Tomorrow at the flea market, yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have an even bigger deal going on at the flea market tomorrow. But but I mean, people can come here or the flea market tomorrow. Either way, it doesn't how do, matter. How does well, who's gonna staff? Tara, are you gonna be here tomorrow? Who's gonna be here? How can you be able to? I can be there if you need me to be here. <laughs> so who's gonna be where? We'll figure that out. Somebody will be at the flea market tomorrow, and uh, and I'll be here today. Okay, and what was that special space number? 
at the flea, flea market. It was it was B something. G nine. G nine. G nine. Right best, by the snack bar, baby. The best place <laughs> in the whole flea market. Yeah. You know, we're, KSEO is going to be there. Uh, we're not sure we're going to be able to. Um, you know, to broadcast by then, but we'll we'll see. We can do some live updates. I'll call in uh, the, you know, the the thinking machine or whatever. We'll do some live updates. Sure. Right but Tara, where are you now? I'm at the local VFW post on Seventh Avenue, seven two six three, post seven two six three. Okay. And what in yes. the world are you and presumably Justin Baker doing? We are putting on the Treasures and Pleasures Market. I'm out here doing chair massage with my, and I'm selling my Longevity products, but there's a lot of great artists out here, um, and the Castagnola Fish Company, local fish, local artists, local vendors. And we're out here just kind of showing support to everybody in the community and having a good time. I got a bunch of samples of BTT, pollen burst, chocolate, all the good stuff if you want to come out here. Great, great, yeah. great way to sample. You sample here too, Dave, when, you, when you're here, yeah, which you're here today until two o'clock. Okay, good, because we want to make it real easy for people to sample, you know, yeah. the great longevity products, and when they see how good they taste and how well they work, they are more likely to buy these products and get on auto ship. And when they do that, they ensure that your favorite radio station will continue to sur- not only survive but thrive. And uh, and do more things that radio stations should do. All right. So uh, yes, I'll be here until two. Also, yeah. Give the address again. Two two five nine Seventh Avenue off Soquel. It's right across the street from the animal shelter. Okay, great. And we have a live painting starting at one thirty. If anyone loves art. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So yeah, so you'll be there about almost three more hours here. So great. Couple more hours. I'll give samples to anyone who gets a massage and come talk to me about products and uh, product knowledge. I got I got all the answers for you. Okay, great. So, Dave, yeah, is is this going to be a record day here too? Uh, I'm hoping so, MZ. I don't know. I'm going to go out there and do the best I can. Everybody who stops by is is going to help out, though. All right. Yeah. So I like that. You know, I, I can't wait for the rest of the show. I, oh. I walk in the studio and, and these guys, these guys the are, are going at it, man. This is this is good. This is getting good. But they're uh, going at it in in a in a respectful sort I, of way. I know, and that sucks. I want. I think we should get them to fight. Oh, you, you want? Where's the cameras? Can we turn the eyeballs out? Can we turn the cameras on? How does Alex still talk normally while he has me in a headlock? That's what I'm saying. This is great. I'm going to be out there in the garage, MZ. Anybody who wants to stop by, we're at 2300 Portola Drive. Today's the day to stock up. I also have books by Kay Whirling, Jordan Rubin, um, Dr. Glidden, and Dr. Wallach. All right. I even have an autographed wow. book by Dr. Wallach. Wow. Today's the day to do it. That is great. Stop by. If you want to sign up, I'll give you a copy of all the books that we have. Oh. If you want to sign up for a CEO Mega Pack, stop all by, and, and I'll let you know what that is. All of them, I'll give you all the books if you sign up for a CEO Mega Pack oh, oh, I today. see what you're saying. Ah, oh, that's the catch. That's the catch. And it's a smart catch, MZ, because, you know, it's I don't, I don't want to say how much it is because it might scare some people away, but it's a fantastic <laughs> deal. It, okay, it's $4.99. Okay, $4.99, but you get two healthy start packs. Wow. And you get a, a, a sample pack of BTT. You get a, a pack of Saxy, some CM cream, um... And uh, uh, what was it? Rebound. Rebound. So you get like $500 in products. If you sign up before the end of the month, you get an extra $100 in product. And I'll give you books. You're talking about like $700 worth of stuff. And tomorrow is the end of the month. Huh? Tomorrow is the end of the month. And the best part about it is when you sign up for a CEO pack, it lets you get 
bigger commissions. I mean, it's 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 a win 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 situation. Stop yeah. by and, I, and I'll, I'll let you know about it. We'll give you some books. We'll get you hooked You're up. You're no all what. wound up. But I, I, I got I got to go. I got I got to go. I have to go. Okay, got it. Thank you. See you guys. Have a good one. All right. All right. So I guess so are we? Yeah, we're done with everything that we needed to do here. Uh, 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 friendly voice, Aaron. Yeah. Well, except for our number two jingle. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I, I even I would remember that. So here, I just have to find it here. Okay, wave cart. Okay, m- make sure it's potted up on computer A, and here we'll push the button. There we go. Oh, hello, darling. I hate to hang up on you, but I'm sorry, baby, but I have to go. It's time for that wonderful record show. I'd love to visit, but you'll have to call back. KSCO has the inside track. Okay, believe it or not, both of our guests in the studio have run out of things to say. So we're depending upon you, the callers, to make the rest of the program. 479-1080, start calling now. I'm sorry, baby, but I really gotta go to KSCO Radio. Bye. Well, at least one person is calling. Where are all the other people? Maybe we covered it all beautifully. You know, I gotta say, you know, I, I gotta add my my kudos to both of you guys because you're both passionate about your position and you're both. Pretty respectful towards each other. But I'm right. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're righteous, I'll give you that. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, if you want to talk about how to move forward, which is really my main interest in yeah. all these subjects, because, yeah. you know, you can go back in history, you can go back to whatever year you choose you want to do and say this, who did what to whom, is really doesn't accomplish anything. And I think it's real simple that the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip would love to have a chance to live a normal life. And it's real simple. Israel's security obviously comes first. We know nothing's going to move forward without a plan for Israel's security. So let's look at what that would look like. Well, it's real easy. You just have Israel or the United States or somebody that everybody agrees on inspect the goods that come in through the border. And forget the tunnels. You don't need tunnels anymore. You, everything comes in through the gate. And you can x-ray the goods. You can check things out. And and uh, the people can can see that it's business. This is just business. Okay. These are items that yeah, people... Yeah, yeah, e- Egypt has prospered greatly I, I shouldn't they tease peace. the audience without, without being true to them. And we do have a number of callers right well, now. I just, well, I just want to real quick say something to what he's saying. It'll be very short. We have a perfect example of that in history. Uh Chamberlain went over to Munich and made a great, uh, uh, a nice agreement with Hitler that they signed, and he came back and said, "No more war ever." And you know, there's a perfect example. I mean, a snake is a snake. Now the Palestinian people are good people, but they have snakes that are on in charge now, and they can make you can make any kind of agreement you want with them. I don't know that it would hold. Well, you, Brian has a point there. Uh, Alex. I, okay, what I would a say to that, I don't agree with that. I think that people behave based on their economic circumstances. If they're in poverty and they're suffering oppression and they don't see any other way 
to other than violence, they will lean towards violence. And if you think for a second, if you're wondering what I'm talking about, imagine what it would take for you yourself or you or your people to where you would feel like your only way self-defense on a grander scale, right? It's a, it, to where you have to feel like your only way is to overthrow your oppressors and kill them, you would do it and consider yourself liberating your people. Yeah, and, and the thing is, you have to keep in mind, you say, well, what would take to bring you or me to do that? Look in the mirror. Don't think these people are different than anybody else. People are people throughout the world. There are people who just want to harm others, and you're discounting the religious fanaticism that gets whipped up by power-hungry false prophets and false leaders who tell them that Allah it commands them to do these horrible things. And that is an insult to Allah. That is a blasphemy against Allah, the great, loving, wonderful God who does not want the heads of little children. And when you got guys going out doing this kind of thing, don't think you're going to have a sit-down with them and come to some kind of agreement because they'll sit down with you. They'll have sweet cakes. They'll agree to everything. It'll be very. They'll speak in soft, nice voices. And they'll probably take your head off before you leave or somewhere down now, the road. Now, come on, you guys. We gotta, now now we got we got to... You know, go to the phone lines. Alan Santa Cruz, welcome to the Saturday special with Alex and Humble and MZ. Hey, I just want to say, Alex and Brian, I really respect both you guys. Listen to you for years. Um, I think you're both really decent fellows. Um, with that said, you know, if I was going to live anywhere in the Middle East, I think I probably would feel the safest in Israel um, for some of the reasons that Brian mentioned. Um, the whole problem is in you know the Palestinian territories. Um, you've got these thugs who've taken control, and any decent Palestinians who want to work something out, um, they get suppressed. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you saw recently there was a, a, a bunch of um, public executions by Hamas of so-called yeah. collaborators sure. of Palestinians. Well, all they want is peace. And, that, that that's a real problem. So some sort of plan definitely needs to be worked out. Well, to, you, you know what? Get these thugs in there, and and I think it's somewhere in between, kind of what you're talking about. If you can make sure that the goods that are going in are just ones for people to live, and there's nothing that will support, you know, thugs, no armaments, nothing that can be used in that way. Well, let's look at history. I mean, how did we get past Germany and Japan in World War II? Those countries were demilitarized, and and the thing is. Well, we cr- we crushed them to where the people were so demoralized right. that, that we had total control. Well, it's not only that, but we occupied the place. I mean, we should be occupying Iraq right now, and somebody should be in the Gaza uh, to make to keep things under control. To, and here's the thing: well, like you, you have, have you have, have a point there. You really do. Okay, uh, but you have, what group it's going to right. be? Though I don't know. Well, we can figure it out. I mean, it, historically, Israel has opposed anybody, anytime in there, and that's that is you're not going to get anywhere unless you have. <clears throat> Excuse me. Some some plan to move forward and have uh, you you have to give the moderates something. Like here's the example. Look look at what the Palestinians, what Hamas sees. They see in in the West Bank, they see uh, Abbas and Arafat recognizing Israel, the right to exist. They did it. It's a fact. And what did it get them? The settlements doubled in size and no Palestinian state. So then Hamas looks around and says, well, we're under siege here. Nothing's ever, Abbas has accomplished absolutely nothing. So I guess that doesn't work. So violence may be the only alternative. And unfortunately, you can push people to be violent, and we see it all the time. And you can move people away from that. We humans... Uh, are very variable. You can bring out the good and bad in everybody. You see it in the black community. I mean, what are the, what that Reverend Wright so angry 
for when he was preaching uh, when Obama was running for president. He said, damn this America that treats people like this. Well, that's because you and I don't know. We're not blacks. We don't live in that kind of environment. We don't know what it's like to be a I, I understand, but there, you know, there needs to be some sort of balanced view. It's kind of like Brian says, even at war, those people in Palestine are probably treated a little bit better than they would by, you know, by their own uh, Islamic brethren in a lot of places. That's not excusing it or anything like that. But when, when you have fanatics in charge of a group, it takes a very small percentage of bullies to control the rest of them and oppress them. And that definitely needs to be dealt with somehow. Well, it's all about economic prosperity because radicalism... No, it's not, it's not all oh, about that. Right, I'm, so, I'm sorry to say that. There are, there are thugs and creeps that will take advantage of a situation and uh, use it to control other people. We see that all the time. There are plenty of examples of decent Palestinians and Israelis going to school together. There's schools devoted for that to, uh, and camps devoted to you know, engendering peace between the two. And I, I agree with you, though, Alex, that you know, uh, your view is a little more akin to what we would actually find in Israel in terms of how, how people feel about things. And we do get a real one-sided view here. Um, and I think there really is a chance to do something like this with Palestine because the Palestinians, um, at least in the past, they had more higher education degrees than any other uh, Muslim country in the Middle East. Hey, Al, and Al I, I think they're Tim decent Z, people. What, what one-sided view do we get here predominantly? Um, well, I don't know that you necessarily get a one-sided well, view. That's what I'm you just said. You said you no, no, no I did not say that. I did not say that. I said the media in the U.S. I, I, I'm sorry if I misunderstand. Oh. I, when, I, when I said here, I didn't mean KSCO. No, uh, no, I know that. You do I know a that. very good job of having a balanced thing, and you, you do welcome different opinions. I, I'm not, thank you, Al, I'm not fishing for compliments. I, I want to know if you think that the media in general is more pro-Palestinian or more pro-Israel. Because um, you made that statement, so I wanted, you know, to, I you, wanted you to clarify. Do, you do have a point, because I think it has changed to where a, ra a lot of radical nutcases that are Palestinians, I think, are getting, or, or support the Palestinian cause, are getting more and more coverage on a lot of things. I, I, I maybe have to change my opinion on that. I think there used to be this really one-sided support for Israel. There may be in our government. Okay, still, that, see, that's what I—that's where—that's where I'm coming from. I'm it, coming yeah, from I mean, right now. To me, the media is is almost 100% pro-Palestinian. It, it might seem to be that way. I, I, I guess I would have to agree with you because, um, and you know, being having gone to UCSC, I can remember you know it really really irritated me when they don't allow both sides to express themselves in a in a decent manner like you're doing here, and you know. Uh, more and more I've seen stuff on the Palestinian side, shouting and uh, bullying people into, um, you know, being quiet or submission or whatever else. And uh, um, it, is, it is a problem. Yeah, they're bringing that thuggery here. Now, there's some rapper that's decided to be for ISIS, and he put out, they played a little clip of his rapping, you know, and he said, blah, 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 freedom fighters, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, there are people who look at him that way. They're freedom fighters. Where's the freedom? Where? Anywhere that they're in charge. That these crazies, you know, these fanatics, where is their freedom? There's no freedom, no joy, no free expression anywhere where they well, rule. But you know, people it, it, have the idea that somehow they're freedom fighters. It's all backwards and warped. 
I I'm not talking about the Palestinian people. They're regular people. I don't agree with that it's warped, and, and I would talk about Iraq as a good example of that. If we look at the surge in 2007, what happened there was, we, you know, Bush says, okay, we're going to send 30,000 more troops over there. And, and, of course, the right-wingers are going, yeah, yeah, it's the troops that are killing those people. And it was all in the Anbar province around Fallujah and those areas. Mm -hmm. And so, lo and behold, uh, you know, the, the, the right says, yeah, it's military strength that did that. But what really was going on, in addition to the military strength, was n actually cutting deals with the the uh, the Ba'athists who had been decommissioned de uh, de from the government. They had basically been uh, kicked out of the government and uh, had nothing to do, and they used to be the people in power. And so they're the ones who were basically the, the became the new insurgents. The old insurgents were the Shiites, right? So then here's what happens, what's really interesting. So the U.S. starts cutting deals with these people, and they find out, hey, they're not all radicals. They're just some people, tribal leaders. You talk to anybody who's been to Iraq or Afghanistan, they'll tell you, you don't see radicals. You just see poor people trying to survive anywhere you go. That's what you see. So then they discovered that, yes, these tribal leaders, now they want more power. So they're like, well, okay, the U.S. money and the Iraqi money is flowing now. They're like, cool. Okay, so this is what we need to do to join this, join this money parade and then calm things down. And so that's what happened. Things settled down. Everybody goes, yeah, Bush, smart guy. But in reality, it was a mixture of strength and it was a mixture of Diplomacy. What's diplomacy? Distributing resources. Well, well, you know, uh, you shouldn't uh, generalize what I'm saying uh, to uh, have it appear as a generalization. I'm talking about the the hateful, uh, phony religious guys who think they're doing the most horrible things in the name of God and who are full of hate. And uh, you know, and are trying to to take over everywhere, and they're they're here now, and uh, some, and you know, you see a demonstration, and they want to bully people, uh, even though they're they're young and they might not be uh, fanatical murderers, they're on the verge, and they, they've brought that here now, and the American people are going to have to be very determined because it is a psychic battle, it is a it is a mental and psycho and propaganda battle. Uh, especially here in the U.S. where it hasn't really started shooting. You know, things aren't blowing up and everything yet. So the American people are going to have to become very, very staunch and, and very uh, strong in their determination to keep the American dream alive, to not let America get changed into something else, because that's what they do. They come in, they make a lot of trouble, and then, then who's bad? Who's the bad? Who's the good? You know, uh, what is the American dream? It's being decent. It's believing in freedom. It's caring about everyone, like you're saying. You know, there's black guys in the ghetto. There's brilliant. There's geniuses in the ghetto. They should have a chance, but you, you know. know and and, and uh, keep the American dream alive means you stand for freedom and you keep your freedom no matter what. And, and you freedom. don't let anyone make you give up on your country because that's the plan. That's the plan going on right now and is to demoralize the American people and have them give up. Oh, this 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 government can't do anything right. This, uh, you know, and they and, and they, your country's bad. Your country did this. Your country did that. America's done more good than all the other countries in the world put together. And you should stand for America. Fight the things that are unfair, the things that are un-American. You know, like you would some of the things you would bring up. But you got to stand for the real America, which is supposed to be good and kind and. Uh, God-loving and and uh, for the good. That's what America is supposed to be. We haven't been doing that. And, well, yeah. And, well, we gotta we gotta stand and, staunch and, here, and not put up and with. And here's it. the thing to keep in mind: is that like in Iraq, Iraq's a good example because that's a recent disaster, shall we say? And 
basically what I was saying in the Anbar province now. Okay, so so they made some kind of economic uh, include like you're hearing talk about creating an inclusive government. Well, what when you're talking inclusive? Okay, voting is voting is kind of a myth. Okay, you go vote, you get your finger, a little ink on your finger, you get a receipt from the voting box. And, and what is that vote? It's like I voted, but it didn't do me any good because the government's still doing what it wants to do. What voting is about is economic freedom, meaning access to resources. And so what was happening in Iraq, resources were starting to flow to the Sunnis, and they started to calm down. And then al-Maliki took over. We left. Mm-hmm. Sectar- <clears throat> sectarianism took over. And lo and behold, they're not used to democracy, so then they kick the Sunnis out. The Sunnis actually tried protesting uh, nonviolently, and the Shiites shot them. That's like you give a beggar a dime. What's he going to do with it? He can't buy a sandwich. He can't do it. We were there. We got everything under control. And then we leave. And we leave a void. We never should have left. When there is a void, darkness will fill it. Sure. Evil will fill it. We should have stayed and kept total control and made it right. Yeah. Yeah, both agree on that. Let's go back to the phone lines. I want to thank uh, uh, Downtown Al for his call to the Saturday special. Now, Scarlett in Aptos has been waiting a long time. Thanks for waiting. You're on the air now. Did you say Scarlett? Yes. Yeah, I just wanted to say, and I'm sorry that I just called back and lost my temper a little bit. I got up this morning at 6 and took a nice walk on the beach, went to the store, came back and fed my animals, listened to Food Chain, and then, you know... um, Listening to these two guys uh, both perpetuate hate to me, acting like both sides over there are, and yelling and screaming, and then you ask for people to phone in, and then we still have to listen to them yell and scream. Yeah, you're right. right. I'm honestly going to hang up. You can't tell me how I should act as an American or what my opinion is going to be, and I'm going to go try to go sit in the sun and forget that I ever listened now wait a minute. Now wait a minute. I'm going to wait. What? You waited all that time just to say that? Because I have so much angst listening to both of those guys. No, this is right. You no, have this the is floor right. now, so don't get rid of the angst well, and be I've calm. Pretty and... Much said, I pretty much said it all. Well, I don't know agreeing, what you said. But we're agreeing it's at a, the it's, end here. It's not hatred. It's passion. But Scarlett, I hope you have a really nice day and you just let all this go and enjoy the sun and the air. Thank you. And have a nice day. Yeah, there goes Scarlet, and there's, with the exception of one phone line, we have, because all the others, it was almost jammed full, you know, for for a few minutes they there, and up. then people, then they gave up because I I said we're going to go to the phone lines, and I didn't, so Scarlet was right. I mean, anyhow, uh, here's Thomas in Summit. What's it like in Summit, Thomas? <laughs> very pleasant. I'm sitting below some redwood trees and the sun is warm and there's a few scattered clouds and just had two hours of meditation and so I'm feeling nice. Oh, you and you and Gondarva, a.k.a. Humble Brian, would do very well. Well, we sat next to each other this morning. Oh, okay. <laughs> that doesn't mean I like him. <laughs> <laughs> but he had him call in for him. <laughs> you got right. that one, Brian. You just beat me to it. He's a shill. <laughs> I need some shills. Anyway, All my shills out there, call in, please. Anyway, um, I know I know that Brian's there and Michael, who both I respect and and am grateful for, and I know Alex is there. I don't know who else is there. Uh, nobody except your friendly voice, who's always here on Saturdays, Aaron Shore. Kay is in the yeah. other room. Dave Michaels is in the garage making incredible deals. 
<laughs> I like David. Um, I don't know who Aaron is for sure. Aaron, tell 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 um, uh, tell uh, Thomas in Summit who you are. What is there to tell? Hi, <laughs> <laughs> I'm nobody special. I, I work here uh, Saturday and Sunday mornings, Thomas. I'm surprised you haven't haven't heard me do traffic and weather ever. You've listened to the Saturday special, haven't you? Yeah, I probably do. I was just my question was more directed at who was speaking directly on the subject of Israel and Gaza today because I wanted to. Oh, that would be uh, that would be Alex and uh, Humble. Alex and Humble, yeah be the fourth on that panel. This is the Thomas from Veterans for Peace who you said you would give a radio show to potentially. So, And you haven't answered me lately, my emails, Michael. So I kind of wanted to touch in on that. But then I also wanted to say that I really wished I could have been on this panel today because I called into Georgia the other day about this subject and and she sent me some wonderful emails back and we have a little communication going and I certainly didn't agree very much at all with Georgia and Now Sam listen, Putin. listen, Thomas in Summit. See here, sir. Yes. Okay. All right. I'm going to be humbled now, and that's okay. It it's 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 difficult enough to get in words edgewise in this program. Yeah. Without having another a third person here, you. So I think I made the right decision, and out of I, my apologies for not answering your email, I, that it's happening more and more. And I used to, I like to tell everybody that I answer all the emails. But well, how about having them come a guest on my show or one of the other shows? Go for it. Go for yeah. it. You're the yeah. you to go, you're yeah. man. Absolutely. Uh, send me an email at alex at kseo dot com. I'll do that, Alex. That and used, uh, that uh, used uh, to go to uh, Alex uh, Jones, but now it goes to you. <laughs> now it goes to what, you. What what happened, to Alex Jones? He's, Alex, uh, he's too busy fighting the globalists worldwide. Oh yeah. yeah. I really appreciate I really appreciate that offer, Alex, and I accept it wholeheartedly. I've made that offer to a few other hosts, including Georgia, but and not that I'm anything special, but I think I have some thoughts to offer that aren't being offered. And I want to say, I want to offer this to everybody here. There's an old, old, old scripture that I won't mention the name of, but humble Brian knows that it. it's thousands of years old. And in one of the chapters and verses in that scripture, I think it's chapter 10 and verse, I'm not sure, but there's, they talk about debate, debate, and they talked about debate, you know, thousands of years ago. And they had a very articulate and subtle uh, definition and, and speaking and knowledge about debate. And they said, I'm going to kind of botch it a little bit. I'm going to give my best interpretation of what they say about debate. And they talk about three kinds of debate. And there's a kind of debate where one person tries to destroy the other person. That's the method they use in the debate. There's a second kind where they just try to destroy the person, and they try to destroy the person's argument. Now, that's the second kind of debate they talked about. And then the third kind of debate they talked about is the kind of debate where both sides honestly seek the truth. That's what's missing in our nation maybe in the world, and it's a solution also. Is it if missing people, with Alex and Humble? If people can do that. Oh, you didn't I'm answer sorry. my question. Is it missing with Alex and Humble, the desire to know the truth? I don't think the desire to know the truth is missing. I think sometimes they drift into one of the other methods of debate at times. And that doesn't say that there's anything wrong with them. We all do that. I do that. <laughs> Almost everybody does that. 
Almost everybody does that. Don't laugh because I'm being dead No, serious. I'm laughing at, 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 at a gesture that I saw uh, Humble Brian make here in the radio station that I won't, that I won't share with you or anybody else. But, okay. But anyhow, uh, so listen, uh, you will get in touch with Alex Darnell uh, via email, and we'll see you on the radio one of these days. Thomas in Summit. Here is Hazel in Westside, Santa Cruz. Hi, Hazel. Good morning. I just turned into the show, and all I heard was someone mention something about Iraq. Well, we're fortunate to have a friend who grew up in Baghdad, and the thing is that he said that, and I've told another talk show host this, host that when the Bush administration acted on the intel they had about weapons of mass destruction, one of the reasons Saddam Hussein would not let the inspectors in was that he had no weapons of mass destruction because the relationship between Iraq and Iran was at that time terrible and he was afraid of Iran invading them again. And secondly, right now, he's very, very fearful because all of his nephews and nieces and the rest of his family lives there. And he said, when we, after we bombed Iraq into the middle of nowhere, our soldiers did the same thing that if you were a Japanese, uh, pardon, you were an American going to Japan and you didn't know their business customs, you'd be in trouble. But the soldiers went into homes that you never go into a home with the women there. It's not allowed. Dogs are not allowed in houses. So he said anybody who was sort of for what had happened turned against, and he said you cannot combat thousands and thousands of years of a religious civil war. And that's from a fellow who grew up there and left because he was, Unfortunately, he said, smarter than the rest of his family and came to America. I would actually disagree with that. Really? Yeah, I would, because if you look at the history of Iraq when Saddam was Mm -hmm. in power... They weren't mm-hmm. warring all the time. I mean, you know, sure he suppressed the Kurds and the and the yeah. Sunni and the Shi- Shiites, yeah. but but it wasn't like every day he got up and said, "How many more people are we going to kill?" It was just basically keeping uh, the grip on power. And then once well, the, we came the, in and threw out the Sunnis and put the Shiites in power, <clears throat> they switched the torture chambers in Baghdad and Abu Ghraib. Oh, yeah. They cleaned out the ghosts of the of the uh, Shiites and the Kurds and 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 yeah. put the Sunnis in there. And so well, it's, it's not, the same not, thing. But but if well, we had continued with the pluralism and this idea that we say Al Maliki, oh, he didn't want us there. He wouldn't agree to it. I mean, what do you mean? Since when did anything they ever want we agree to anyway? We just stay well, there. Like we, we just stay there and we say, "Hey, we're setting up your government. We're allocating the oil money and we're doing it through uh, you know, th- uh, power sharing so that everybody has a chance." You'd see that country prosper. And yes, you know, they're not going to love each other. But over time, the moderates take over and the radicals either die off or they fade away or they just give up and they say, hey, there's work. I need a job. I've been needing a job ever since this war. And I think, you know, I can get a job in the oil industry. Well, that sounds okay. You know, it's like, yeah, do I love these people that are paying me? No, but, you know, uh, money, we need money. Okay. So uh, well, I mean, that, that's, our, that's the way it works, in my opinion. No, but what our friend said, too, is that anybody who was for the Americans, that we came in and got rid of the people that were in, in service. And Saddam Hussein was a terrible, terrible man. I mean, what he did to the Kurds. He's and, just a standard and, dictator, no different than well, any yeah. other dictator. <laughs> and, and the thing is, variety dictator. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, also, we also know a man that his son got 
in extreme trouble with the military. He was a doctor. And in the green zone where they were supposedly safe, safe, they had a hospital, and they would turn away the injured Iraqis, bleeding and whatever, because they were told it was only for the military. And unfortunately, he he emailed his father that information and got in big trouble. You know, here's, so we did a lot of we did we did a lot of things we we shouldn't have done. Well, that's without a doubt, and starting with invading yeah. the country to begin with. But here's the thing. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing to keep in mind is you know you you can get dragged into what I call the soap opera. In other words, oh, this group, you know, they killed, they lined up thirty people and they killed them, or they blew up a mosque, or they. Or they, like oh, yeah. you say, they wouldn't treat them at uh, the hospital or somebody came in uh-huh. and, you know, raped a couple of women. You know, it's like I'm, I'm not saying those things don't matter, but that's just a small story. The big picture is where is the money going? Who's got the power? Who's fighting oh, yeah. the oppression of the person who has the power? Are they being inclusive? That's true, because, and I, I because totally that's agree stuff. with that, but I'm just saying from yeah. a standpoint of a person whose whole family is still there and what is happening to them and the fear and – a lot of things now. They have the oil fields and a whole bunch of different things going on. And he said he understands that some of the intel, and especially, I, I'm, I'm so tired of 24-hour news stations. I can't see straight because all of a sudden they get on this thing, and part of the information they're giving is wrong. But that's well, there's all a very say. simple solution to that: tuned to us Don't listen. All, all the time. Tune, Don't keep, listen. Keep, keep tuned to us all the time. I know. AS, I do. AS, I AS, listen to. I listen to you every morning. I listen to you on the way home. And the other morning, Rush Limbaugh had a, a call on about the new sentences in the NFL for uh, abuse of men of the women. And now they want, I forget, if you do it a second time, what it is. And some woman called in, and she said, guess what? She said, I think that's terrible because she said the women they do this to if they're married or living with them are not going to report the second abuse because they like the millions of dollars and the lifestyle they lead. And that's true. That's it. Bye. Bye, bye, Hazel. Bye-bye. It's not every day you get a call from someone named Hazel. No, that's a and, you know, this is unique a name, I should and, say. And do you know? Well, there was there was a, a TV show called Hazel, and there was the a 60s. song too. Hooray for Hazel. Hooray for yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah, that was a good song. Actually. Now there, I, I hate to inform you folks that we have zero callers remaining. That is terrible. We must have driven them all we away. We did something wrong here. But maybe someone wants to call 479-1080 thinking that there was no chance of getting through. Well, and there might yeah. still not be no chance, uh, any chance of getting through because I haven't controlled the program very well. Oh, but it's only, because, it's only because you guys um, are so um, you know passionate about your positions, and I just sort of want to let things go freely as they you know. Evolve. I think it's been a good show so far. Yeah, I, been, I, I agree. Brian's I agree. a great guy. I've never met him in person. I've heard him on the radio a bunch of times, but uh, you're definitely a very smart person. Alex re- Alex argues very decently. You yeah. know. You know, of course, he's wrong about everything. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, someday you'll see the the way of my views. <laughs> you know, the answer is when uh, the religions live up to their. You know, see, people put religion before God. Supposed to put God before religion, and God is a God of love, and God is a God of peace and understanding and all good things. So people should get there, and then, uh, you know, the religion is like a road map that takes you to that, you know, and that reminds you of that, ways to keep God on your mind, and so on. Uh, and and if if all the Jewish people would put God first, you know, 
they would be very loving. If all the Muslim people would put God first, they'd be very loving. By the way, I must say, I had a partner for a while who was a Muslim. and We had a computer store up in Scotts Valley for a short time. How did that go? And uh, he was the most honest man, the most good, honest man I ever dealt with. People are people. He was a very decent, who, good who man. Who is this on the, on the phone now, all right, we on got the screen? Who is this on the phone right now? Go ahead and say hello to us. I, yes, I'm talking to you. Is it Bruce and Soquel? Uh, oh. We're not here? Bruce and Soquel, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, you're on. Yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the possible so-called one-state solution where Israel, Gaza, and the West Bank are combined into a single country. Everybody gets one vote, so it's one person, one vote, and uh, no one side gets preferred. Um, Why is Humble is, Brian laughing and giving the the uh, uh, slit your throat? Because that that is a formula for the complete end of Israel and the Jewish Why? people. Well, they'd be outvoted. They'd be outnumbered. They wouldn't have power over their own destiny. It would be the end. It's a it's a sneaky plan to eliminate them. Just like moving America into the one world government is a way to finally break the power of the American people. Well, fair enough, but my my thought is is why should one ethnic group have advantage over any other? Because it's their country, and they choose to have it that way. Uh, it's their country. Yes, it's their and country, and America favor. is our country, and we choose to believe in God, we choose to cherish freedom, and we choose to be America, the but wonderful great indep- America. That's independent of ethnicity. Well, Israel is a Jewish state. That's that's their no, unique. No, no. Wh- uh, why? But why? But there's twenty percent Palestinians in, in Israel. Why? I'll, I'll, I don't yeah, have any which problem with that. But why is it an why is it an ethnic state? I'll tell you why. why because the, the, because the world state? the world gave it to the Jewish people after God gave it to the Jewish people. Okay, the world God, gave Israel to the Jewish people after everything that happened when the whole world looked away and said, make it fast, we can't stand well, that, it. That's fine. If God gives it to somebody, I can't argue. All right, I just wanted okay. your thoughts on why it couldn't be a secular company. Well, you're a decent caller. I don't, get, I, I don't sense any venom or badness from you. No, I'm you. not. I was just wondering. No, no, I respect you. Okay. What if somebody else's God decides that... That that's their land instead of the Jewish people. Then you're well, going to. Well, that's what's happening. Aren't you going to have a war? That's what's happening now. There's war. We'll see in the end whose God is. Okay, really let, God. let's get hey, to the other so, yeah. well, What kind of life do you want to live? You want to live a wait life a minute, of war or peace? Bruce and Soquel. That's, that's Elmo the question. Can I make one other ask. comment? Wait a minute. There's Elmo in Santa Cruz, and there's David and Salinas. There's Rick and Scott Valley. There's Nick and Royal. Well, you mentioned you mentioned God. They all come in. You got to get all of these people on the air before the end of the show, which is only 13 minutes from now. Okay, I just want to say one comment. This is not economically driven, just for the reasons that we just talked about. Yeah. Good luck. Bye-bye. Rick and Scotts Valley are on KSCO. There was Hi. no time for the, for the joke things, but thank you. It was inappropriate, unless this is a different <laughs> Rick and Scotts Valley. <laughs> okay, that's no problem. Yeah. Hey, um, but, would, well, we'll use it for another to... show. It's great. I love the email you sent me, but you know, and I'll, and I'll pass right it along on. to McGraw. So. Hey, well, I just want to say hi to... Uh, Brian, alias uh, the Goldberg. Rick, and, uh, Rick, wonderful Rick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just wondered if, if um, uh, Alex, because of these tunnels that you know they blocked off the border, then if we blocked off our border, 
then it would be okay for the cartels to dig the tunnels under and bring your dope in that way. Well, it's not okay, that's what but that is, it's not okay. It's just that's why they do it, because, it, because in fact, they do dig tunnels uh, underneath our border to get the drugs in. They mm -hmm. do, because yeah. they're not allowed in. Right. So there you go. Right. In fact, they and so, also... But the tunnels aren't... The tunnels aren't a freedom movement. They're an illegal movement. Well, the tunnels in Gaza are survival. I mean, why would you spend all that time digging a tunnel if you just had access? You can go through the gate. I mean, that's kidnap and murder. Kidnap and murder. Well, that's just, yeah. That so doesn't make like any my, sense. My neighbor's wife, I mean, a, if I like my you, neighbor's wife, I tunnel underneath and rape her, then that's okay because I can't have but, her. But think about I, it. As long as but, I go through a yeah, tunnel, wait, wait I'm okay. Okay, let's think about that for a second. Let's say you're a Palestinian, okay, and you say... No, okay. let's not say I'm a Palestinian because it's a made-up culture. Uh, see, there They're you go. You're denigrating up. a people. It's a geographic, Wait it's a a geographic position. See, here it you go. People. Listen, you, you're, you're, you're well, there, there, there never was a Palestinian yeah, state. A there never, there never, this is getting geographic location. It's not a people. This is getting out of control. I'm going to have to step in now, folks. I hate to have to do this. But yeah, you can hear them arguing in the background, and it just goes on. Rick, thanks for your call to the Saturday special. Okay, buddy. Right. Yeah, here's uh, Elmo in Santa Cruz. You can go on the air with me and the, and with the callers. Oh, the others have piped down, too. Well, maybe they'll be able to hear you. Uh, we'll talk. Don't worry. All right. Go ahead, Elmo. You're on. Well, I'm from Santa Cruz, and, you know, I don't consider myself a really intelligent guy like you guys, but I've been paying <laughs> my taxes like anybody else. And I uh, then you're not King, intelligent. Or should I say I did go to Burger King? They're collecting 9.5% taxes on everybody all across, wherever they get it. What are they going to do with that tax money if they're based in Canada? Are they going to keep that money, or are they going to pay the California tax. That's another show. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, who do you want to be on that show, Elmo? Uh, I just sort of. I'm not a tax guy, but yeah, I'd love to be on that show. But I, I'm curious if they pay. He's, if we all pay our taxes like regular. I mean, I'm not going to Burger King, but if we all pay our taxes like regular, and they're basing their tax base out of Canada. Are they going to pay California the 9.5 tax that's literally, you know, across the state? They have to. Do they? That's sales tax you're talking about? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they have to pay in the sales tax yeah. to the and Board of Equalization. Sure they do. Yeah. Oh, well, they'll get their like asses said, kicked out. Lawyer, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, they have to pay that. My question. Oh, and to another thing, all the people out there that answer why... I went to school. There are no answers to any why questions. There is what is. What is the reason for something? When you ask why, you stifle everybody. You know, why is this? Why is that? Use the term, what is the reasoning for? When I was a youngster a many, many, many years ago, there was a saying that was said to me by my folks many times, and that was, yours is not to ask why. Yours is to do or die. Ooh, <laughs> but I, I want to ask you about uh, everything you just said. Uh, Why would you say that? Ah. <laughs> or should you say, what is the reason for that? <laughs> Why do Jews always answer questions with questions? Why shouldn't they? I'm not a Jew. I'm a Christian. <laughs> okay, all right, so you could be an honorary you Jew. You don't have to hide it. It's I okay. I have the power to make you an honorary Jew. You could no. be adopted. Okay. By David the and Selena, thank you uh, for uh, calling and waiting on KSCO. Oh, hi. Hi. So, um, you know, I've been listening to you guys, and, and there's a, I'm not sure which one was saying it, but there's there's really an off-the-wall premise that we're making here when you're talking about Israel and the Palestinians and the 
Hamas and all these, you're assuming that everybody in the room is reasonable. There you go. And and they're not. No. It's like trying to go to Charles Manson and and make an agreement with Charles Manson that he'll never kill anybody again. No, it's not the same at all. It's not the same at all. These people have been living under... Remember, when you're living under siege, it's the same as war. And the act of war was initiated by Israel in 2005 when they pulled out of the, out of the Gaza that was, Strip. That's not true. Israel did not attack them. Israel gave them their land. No, they didn't. Had, they gave them They their gave place. them land with the borders blocked. Because but, they but had to be sure they were going to behave. Well, how are they going to, how, how are they going to prosper? How, behave, how are you going to have peace if you give... Did they behave for one the, month? They immediately two started years, shooting Two rockets. years. Right away they started attacking. Two years before Hamas Israel, took over. Israel is, gonna, is going okay, to survive. Years, Hamas took over. The bottom line is Hamas took over. Yeah, and he's That's not... No, it's not the bottom line. The act, they took over because the Fatah couldn't deliver no, them this anything. Caller, wait, you keep changing the thing. This caller is not talking about the Palestinian people. This caller is talking about the crazies that they let come into power that have now brought great destruction upon them. It would have been better for them to work with Israel, Israel instead of attacking, offered, attacking, fact, attacking, Israel and attacking. In fact, Israel even today is not offering to lift the siege. Why should they? Lift well, them. if you want peace. They didn't start it. And first, what, about, they, what about your humanity? First, stop humanity. First, stop attacking. Well, they've agreed to do that. Uh, they haven't oh, stopped. Yeah, yeah. Sure, for, they have. For, they haven't stopped. There's a ceasefire right now. Yeah, oh, well, we'll yeah, see who breaks last it. Two or three days until they get regrouped, and then they'll start yeah, over. Yeah, but what, yes. why would they do that? I mean, Be, what, what, because, what because Hamas are a group of people. The, the would premise do here that. is these people are reasonable. Well, it's like trying to go and talk to somebody who's a Everything they say is reasonable. They say just stop, open the borders, and we will stop the, and we will do oh, a long term, yes. we will do a long term uh, truce with Israel. Let him. Uh, wow. <laughs> See, people, Why you don't know, you listen to what they say? You, you know the woman who called and said, "This I can't take this, it's just too much, you're screaming and yelling and hating. Nobody's screaming and nobody's hating here. But there's a big problem in America. No one wants to admit that evil exists. No one wants to admit exactly. that there are... Terrible people doing terrible things. I'm not talking about the Palestinian people. I'm, I'm talking to about. It. I'm talking about. Ham- yeah, not no one. All right. I'm talking about Hamas and the other crazies and ISIS and and all this. These are people who came to this world only to hurt others. And you can agree anything you want with them. They will keep going. Though if if they if Hamas stays in power, whatever agreement is made, they will get more and better rockets. They will buy their time and they will come again. Israel right. cannot take chances. And the, and the thing is when before the Gaza Strip was the Gaza Strip, Israel was in control of it. And guess what? Everybody was getting along in the Gaza Strip. No, they the weren't. They were living it. The, the, they used to bring the they used to bring the the Jewish people in and out of there in armored buses because and they'd close the whole road system so that they could come in and out of there because it was so dangerous. polarized. It was so dangerous. dangerous. Oh, Wait, let oh, the caller talk, please. Let's let the caller talk. Is that what you're saying? They weren't reasonable. No, what I'm saying. Israel had to go in and out with with armored. Well, dicks. yeah, because they took basically pushed the Palestinians out off the land, took half the half the country for a few little settlements. Poor Hitler. Everybody picked wow. on him. You know, poor poor guy. You know, he tried oh. to make peace at Munich, and they just made a mess of it. You know, it's uh, he he was trying to be reasonable. David and Salinas, thank you for your call to the KSCO Saturday special. Here's Rory in Watsonville. You're on. Yes, uh, 
gentleman, Alex, specifically, uh, and I know you make this argument that it's an economic issue primarily, but when Israel left Gaza, all those nice vegetable-growing operations with state-of-the-art greenhouses were donated to the Palestinian people that did most of the work. And within weeks, the jihadists, whatever you want to call them, the unreasonable ones, right. to put it nicely, trashed the turnkey operations that had vegetable production that could have got these guys income coming back into Gaza, and they trashed it. Well, they how would they get... Wait a minute, Rory. Let him talk. He's a caller. Let him talk. But how would they get income? Let him talk. How would they get income if they can't export their vegetables? Israeli-owned businesses in Gaza were doing business. Okay, we know people involved in that business personally. It was happening. Philanthropists in the U.S. and other countries said, let's buy out the Israeli farmers because they were going to dismantle their greenhouse operations and move them. And they said, let's buy them out and let's give it to the Palestinian employees. And they set up businesses. And here it is. I mean, and within weeks, they were trashed. With by this the point of view, you have this idea there's no hope. All I'm hearing from uh, Brian and everybody Alex, is there's no on, hope. Alex, it's and, impossible. And, and so what do you think we should do? Alex, I'm asking you a question. How do you deal with people like that? They were, they were given turnkey operations, and, and evil people amongst them destroyed them and intimidated them and ruined an opportunity. How do you deal with how, that? How do you deal and with them? you're asking Israel to live at peace with these guys? You, you deal with them by opening the borders and, and, and oh, inspecting sure. the goods so yeah. that no sure. weapons come in. Yeah. yeah and right. and yeah. you make yeah. yourself completely late, vulnerable. Hey, Alex, no, no. Then it's too late. What's Israel vulnerable about letting Alex. them bring in the goods call, and the services? The caller is absolutely right. Alex, uh, they can't afford that mistake, and they're going to come to you in Santa Cruz County. You're going to help them out once they get chewed up by the jihadis. Yeah, right. Excuse but but what you're saying is that that there's first of all you're saying there's no hope and second of all I'm saying that no. listen you have a demilitarized country where all the goods are inspected where's the chances where where's the problem you know what we should do to make this right they should give them greenhouses and turnkey operations they should give that to the palestinian people then they would well, be they people. Oh, oh they did and they yeah, tore they them did. up and brought they in did. rocket launchers instead yeah and it's not the average palestinian i'll grant you that it's see you know you want to get into this soap opera we're getting into the soap opera of who did what to it's, it's not a soap opera when deadly rockets are okay it's Flying what I'm sky. saying is you have to think in terms of peacemaking. How do you make peace? You make peace because by giving the operation. You, you get make peace by giving the moderates something to work with to give to the they people to Alex. moderate the people. That's Alex, what more can you do? It worked in Iraq. Gesture. It worked in Iraq for a while until I wanna, we stopped I doing it. I want to ask you the no. question. That mm-hmm. was a peaceful gesture done by philanthropists of Jewish descent outside of Israel, probably some in Israel. And they said, here, Palestinians, this is You know, working. I don't you know the exact story, okay? So all right, all right. you could ask them, you could ask them, I, I what do you know. want from us? You could say to them, tell us what you want us to do. Tell us, you know, what do you want? Tell us what to do to have peace. And they would say, here's what you can do. Die. Give us everything. Die. Yeah. That would be their yeah. answer. Die. I wanted to go to our last caller today, Nick in Royal Oaks, but he hung up. So I guess we're just going to continue with it. They couldn't take it anymore. This is a great discussion, by the way. I know. Uh, these, these guys are terrific. I, I knew oh, they would be. I, 
I enjoy your point of view, Alex. You're a, you're a fair debater. I just want to put that out there. Thank you. I listen to your show, and Thank you. Uh, you do a great job. And I don't always agree with you, but you do. You're very fair. Well, so. I appreciate Thank it, you. and I don't expect everybody to agree. And I think that I I am talking about stuff that nobody no. nobody else does. And I think it maybe requires a little bit of a stretch of trust in human nature. No trouble That's with okay. Egypt right now. Dude. No trouble with Egypt right now. And, uh, you know, if, if Israel had some divine, if the Arabs had and the Muslims had some divine revelation and they laid down all their weapons, there would not be another shot 